0: stat that's it's fairly new didn't become official within major league baseball until 2015 it takes a type of batted ball event anytime you put it in play and it measures any hit with an exit velocity and launch angle that would normally deliver a 500 batting average and a 1,500 slugging percentage. In other words, you really barreled the thing. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins the same place that you found this. Cubs 8, Pirates 0. Barrel Events. For the home team, the number of occasions on which a ball was put in play meeting that specific official statistical definition was one. And it came off the bat of Henry Davis, his double and his first at bat. And it should have been if he had come up. With some other team, it would have been just part of the evening, you know, something else that you enjoyed along the way. Yeah, they they sold, by my estimate, roughly 10,000 additional tickets, a little bit less than that, but close to 10,000 out of nowhere, which means they came to see the kid, but they also, I'm sure, wouldn't have minded seeing more than four additional singles. That's what this team is. That's the level of satisfaction apparently that this team has with its hitting coach. I'm getting some flack from some of you and that's fine. I mean that's you know that's that's part of talking about sports. We're not going to agree on everything. I respect the way you feel hope you feel mutually. Where Andy Haynes is concerned. The most common comeback that I get is that you shouldn't be blaming the hitting coach. You shouldn't be putting this on the hitting coach. And I don't know how to word this to make it clear enough, but I'm not. And you don't have to. The hitting coach is not there to be blamed. The hitting coach is there to be credited. He is employed to make the hitters better, not to avoid blame. This is a one-way street. When you're paid to do a job, like hitting coach, like pitching coach, like any instructional coaching that's done at any level of any sport, you are expected to deliver positive results. You are expected to make a positive impact. Is it the hitter's fault that they can't hit situationally, that they can't put a bunt down, that they're swinging out of their shoes when all they need to do is advance a runner? Sure it is. Sure it is. To an extent. Is it the hitter's fault when they repeatedly watch strikes go right down the gut? Of course it is, because if you come up through anybody's system and you have a really firm foundation of what should and shouldn't be done within your job, meaning as a hitter, I always think back to Nate McLouth. He was probably the best example that I saw of this. Nothing that occurred in the Pirates minor league system while he was coming up through it affected him. He was so solid, so sound, and so smart that he was just going to be himself no matter what anybody told him. So, yes, to an extent, it's within your control, to an extent. But the issue with Haynes isn't whether or not he's to blame. The issue is, who's he making better? Where are these positive outcomes? How can you watch this offense? Not you, the people running the team. Day after day, night after night, swing after miss, zero after zero after zero, mostly against mediocre pitching. It no longer matters who they face. Remember early in the season when everybody was still feeling great and all that other stuff? And it it didn't matter who they faced in that sense because they were just going to compete and they're going to get that guy and they're going to use a common approach and shake him. And all that faded. All that faded. And you can say back and forth, who's to blame? Derek Shelton used to be a hitting coach. Want to blame him? Sure. Lay the blame anywhere you want. That doesn't matter. What matters is that the person who is assigned, Who is charged, who is trusted with making the hitters better is failing at his job. Regardless of who's to blame, he's the one who's not making them better. Does this make sense? Am I offering enough of a split here? I hope so. Because it, it makes, it it makes for decent logic in my head. Okay. You'll find that I very rarely care in team sports who's to blame because it's almost always something you can throw all over the place. The reason I keep focusing on Haynes is that there's a commonality at work here. Don't take my word for it. You heard what Derek Shelton said to me himself in Milwaukee. Who's the only player in that lineup last night who had even competitive at-bats? Even competitive at-bats? Yeah, it was the kid. Just showed up. In addition to the double, which was just laced down the left field line, he also had a walk, worked another at-bat to a three-ball count. He just looked like, you know, this wasn't all that hard. He looked like he was facing Drew Smiley and not Sandy Koufax. Get better, get better, they all say. Bob Nutting's top stated priority when he hired Ben Charrington was when we bring good players in, we want to see them get better. That's what you're seeing now when we come back j one q This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience underscoring the word J1Q comes from Herb who asks, DK, in all seriousness, how can Ben Charrington justify having Andy Haynes on the team? Everything, Herb, almost everything that I bring up on this program related to this team, whether it's good or bad, comes back to the same foundation, and that's that this front office... From the owner on down, but especially as it relates to Charrington, because he really is in charge of baseball operations, this team was never going to be serious about 2023. Now, somebody told you about that last November, and then it got shot down like crazy whenever the team started out 20-8. and That was a shock to me. That was a shock to you. Guess who else it was a shock to? Right. The difference was I reacted to it, you reacted to it, and Charrington wanted nothing to do with it. Did you see, by chance, the scene last night in Cincinnati? Joey Votto came back after missing 10 months to injury, welcomed like a hero, homered. They're standing and chanting his first name on his next at bat, and. He's up with guys on the bases, and they're going, Joe, 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 and boom, base hit up the middle. Place goes completely nuts. Big crowd for a Monday night. The Reds have surprised everyone as well, including, I'm sure, the Reds. They knew Ellie Dela Cruz was talented. They knew he'd be an impact guy at some point. Almost everyone associated with the Cincinnati operation will tell you that they saw this happening next year. Well, they're, they're now at nine wins in a row. They're all alone in first place in the central. Now they're in first place this late in the season for the first time since 20 freaking 12. And you know what? Good for them because they saw an opportunity To accelerate things a little bit, they saw, they felt some winning come along, and rather than cringing from it, they embraced it. They were like, hey, this is awesome. Who else we got? Well, let's see. And they called up prospects from the miners. They called them up, apparently, and I say apparently because you never know this stuff, it's really complicated. Without regard to Super 2, they just said, get get us our good players. Where are they? Where are they? This guy? Okay, bring him up too. We'll take him. Who else? You? We got room in the bus. Let's go. And they came up and they started performing and they started creating a buzz and an energy. Never mind the fans. I mean, it, that, that's nice. It's always great when that happens. That's not why you do it. That's not why you're in competitive sports. You're in it to win. and You're in it to win for yourself. And the Reds just all fed off of that. Jonathan India, who looked like the only decent player they had in their lineup at the start of the season, has fed off it. Vado's back. Vado's feeding off it. Pitchers, you get the idea. When you start out 20-8, and, and you look around and see that the division is not any good, it's not as simple as saying, when should you have called up Henry? When should you have called up Andy Rodriguez? When should you have called up Quinn Priester? Because Each one of those is an individual case, and we've been debating them for weeks now. I'm saying that you watch your guy, your star young talent, Go down early amid a 20-8 and start, and you don't react to it? You don't react to it? You bring up Capita Marcano and say, go get him, kid? I know that trades aren't easy early in the season. I've heard that for years and years from sports executives, and I believe them. But I know that they're not impossible. And I know that you could have done, definitely should have done something while watching All this losing and all this lack of offense. Something, anything. You make a trade. You look for a spark. You find a new hitting coach, someone who can help. But you don't just stand there and watch it burn. You just don't. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we will do another one of these tomorrow.